when it was going through its drought period, it caused them with their guard down. Different invades of Hittites and other tribes influenced their culture. Okay, my next question is, um, you said that you got the Suhuf out of the uh, one of the secret chambers at the bottom of the pyramid. Is that correct? No, it was given to me by a man named Mahmoud who got it from the Berber. Yeah, I was incorrect. I'm sorry. You said the Suhuf was in the uh, sacred chamber of the pyramid when Noah's flood took place? Yeah. So my question is, if that the Egyptians are the descendants of Noah, how were these pyramids built prior to the flood? To the pyramids were built by extraterrestrials. Okay. Not by men. Men assisted them. And they have found mummified extraterrestrials. They found them. You know, they, they have them. It's nothing new. The British Museum has a lot of things that they don't even bring here. And the Canadian Museum has one also, by the way. So what was the purpose of the um, extraterrestrials building pyramids? It was schools. The pyramids were schools of thought, where they taught. The masses met there. And those, all those pyramids are linked around the world. They're magnetic centers. Each permit creates a magnetic force field to charge ships that pass over, which you all refer to as a flying source, which we call tropic fire. Right? It's yeah. fire by it's charge. That's the Bermuda Triangle is also a school. And it also has a permit of electricity to charge the ships. Why they always find UFOs hovering over the permit or over the Bermuda Triangle or over large places where there's a lot of electricity to charge themselves. Did they teach men? Yes, they taught men. They taught Nubians. Yeah, they taught them eye operations and brain operations and things that modern-day scientists are confessing existed in Egypt before they knew anything about it. They're saying, now, we know that these Egyptians and these people in Africa were doing great surgeries and having tools to perform brain operations that we just got into this year. How'd they do it? Well, they were they was taught by extraterrestrials or far more advanced than mortals on Earth. Were they taught religious wisdom also? Religion in what respect? Because Al-Islam is more than just a religion. It's a way of life. In respect of um, the oneness of Allah? That's emphasized. That point is always emphasized. The elders are called the Elohim. So they had that knowledge prior to uh, Noah. Trillions of years before Noah. This planet is a planet of babies compared to extraterrestrials from other galaxies. No, I'm not talking about the extraterrestrials. I'm talking about the people that were taught by the extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before Noah. So there are actually two sources of the religious wisdom? Oh, they're all the same. Because Noah was visited by extraterrestrials. Okay. I have a question on another subject concerning Canaan. Was Canaan born with a soul? Yes, he was. At what point did the white man lose their soul? Well, Canaan was not a white man. Canaan was a black man. He was albino. He was albina, we call him. Okay. They got up into the mountain, and they was born their soul because if you read the book, you find out that some of the 200 fallen angels came into Canaan's 11 sons, not Canaan. Mm -hmm. When his wife and him, Salha, conceived, their sons were possessed of demons. It was at that point that they were sold in. Okay, thank you. My question is, if, if our purpose is to get back to the state where the Creator wants us, why are some brothers and sisters not being able to see the truth? Don't want to see it, don't want to hear it? Because the devil did a real good job. So the devil is the one who put the veil. Yeah, the devil has done a good job of, of making them want to be what he is. And he's a failure. Every one of his societies always looks rich, but it always fails. Rome, Greece, Mesopotamia. And this society here is beginning to fall apart. The interior is falling apart now. Watch the news. So our people are afraid as men to stand up on our own and build our own nation. We're just afraid to. We've been living under the white man so long that we feel comfortable under his arm. 
We're afraid to stand up on our own and go for it. And we can do it. It's the white man that put the veil on, on, the, on the eyes so they won't see or hear the No, truth. Allah, Allah, Allah will seal anybody's heart who seeks disbelief. If you want to find a reason not to be a Muslim, Allah will help you not be a Muslim. I see. If you want to look for a reason to say, I'm going to find fault in Imam he'll help you find fault. I'm going to find fault in the community, he'll help you find fault. If you say, I want to find righteousness in a person, he'll help you find righteousness. If you look at a person and say, I want to find good in that person, he'll help you find good. If you look at that person and say, I want to find wrong, he'll help you find wrong. You, you can do it. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I have one question, and it's on a, a verse in a portion of the Quran where uh, Allah commands a people to be as apes. Can you give a a definition or an explanation of that? This quote is talking to the children of Israel, and it says that because they violated the Sabbath, right, that they shall be as swine and apes. And that's because in ancient Israel, you remember Jesus, he used to cast demons into swine. You follow that? In ancient Israel, the symbol of the ape and the swine was always a symbol of something possessed by demonic things. And he was telling the children of Israel, because they violated, religiously violated the Sabbath, they will be cast down to the level of swine and ape. And that was a curse that was placed on them, which manifested, that's like we were talking about earlier, in their curse of leprosy. See, people think the Sabbath started with Moses, and it didn't. The Sabbath is back in Genesis, when he says, and on the seventh day, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ceased from creation. He didn't stop and go to sleep like they did. He ceased from creation and let evolution or things evolute into place. And that day, that seventh day, is the seventh thousand year of creation. We are only in the sixth thousand. When the sixth thousand years up, the devil's rule is up. He got his curse before that. And he is like the swine, and he's like the ape. That is him. Um, in regards to that previous question about um, the Cro-Magnon Man and all those different um, types of so-called um, pre, pre- prehistoric. Right. Um, how do you explain the different artifacts and you know, people that were found, like not people, but you know. I don't bother to. See, the difference between me and most people is I don't bother to explain them because of the fact that I believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. So I'm not looking for a reason to believe what some white boy in the 18th century named Darwin said. I'm, I'm not interested in what he says because I already believe in the Quran. Now, I've written a book about it and I've attacked the subject for those people who have a little bit of faith trying to strengthen their faith. Personally, I'm not the least concerned with their findings because I know the white man made the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark and inside the caves it looked real to me and you. I know he can make all kinds of things. He made some mummy movies and we could forget while watching it that we're watching the movie. And you personally have never seen any of them personally and if you did, you didn't have the knowledge because he didn't approve of it for you to be able to analyze them yourself. So all we have is his say-so, right? So the choice is between, do we listen to what this white guy in the 18th century says, or do we listen to the creator of the heaven and the earth? I prefer to listen to the creator of the heaven and the earth. So therefore, I don't even put myself in a position to analyze stones and rocks as our descendants because the Quran doesn't go that way. The Quran makes it clear that Allah created us. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And when we start to probe, we're showing doubt on Allah. When we start saying, well, maybe it's true, then we have to confess we're not Muslims then. We're still not Muslims yet. Because when we become Muslims, we no longer question or doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any kind of way. And if he didn't say that, then it don't exist. He says he created man. So that's what it is. You follow? That's how I look at him, say. And every man has his own right to look at it his own way. I look at it as Allah says it in the Quran, and that's what it is. Because I don't doubt the Quran. 
And the moment I start to question it, then I'm no longer Muslim. Because the Quran says, don't doubt it. Assalamualaikum. I understand from reading some of Imam Easton's pamphlets that the Gospel of Barnabas was excluded from the Bible because it had too many truths in it, correct? And uh, the other day I brought this book from um, one of the brothers, the Gospel of Barnabas. And I read in here that um, before the day of judgment, there's going to be 15 days where there's a sign for each day. And afterwards, like after he explained that what was going to happen, he said on the 15th day that the 15th day the holy angels shall die and the law alone shall remain alive to whom be honor and glory. Is that true? In the book of Revelation, when they say we're going to wipe away the heaven and wipe away the earth and bring in a new heaven and a new earth, correct? Mm -hmm. It also says every man must taste death and then he will return to us. You see that? Every angel and every man's light will go out. That the only light that shines on Yawmat Akhri is the light of Allah. And then those who will be rekindled with light will be by the leave of Allah. So the answer when they say the holy angels will die is to say that the light of the angels will go out just like the light of the souls of every man will go out on the last day. And the only light that will shine will be the light of Allah. And then he will select those people that will come back to eternal life. That's why they say wipe away the heavens and the earth. When they say wipe away the heavens, they say, like it says in Genesis, and, and the host of them. When it says, and now the creation was finished, and all the host of them, uh -huh. well, that's angelic beings, when their creation was complete, and then the creation of man. Okay? So when the Lord says he's going to wipe away the heavens and the earth, all the angels and all men must bow. Everything must bow on the last day. Mm. I oh. have another question, I Um... And also in the same book, I came across a couple of things that was confusing to me because I don't know. First, let me make it clear to you that that is not a copy of the real book of Abanamas. That is a poor translation, but a lot of it is they do have some facts in it. That which I can answer, I will. But we are taking it from the ancient Arabic and putting it in English slowly but surely. But there's so many books for one person to write. <laughs> you see, it takes a lot of time. I have a lot of people working with me, but I still have to proofread and research every individual thing. So I may put preference on a subject. I started doing the book of Barnabas. I have like four volumes out. Then other things, questions, third, my attention somewhere else because I try to write books according to what you all need to know. Okay. So is it okay if I ask these other By all means. But if it's something that is not, you know, not, not translated properly, I'll just say it's not translated properly. Okay. Um, also in this book it says, if you don't mind me reading a little bit of it, uh, Jesus, peace and blessings of Allah be upon was telling his disciples that the faithful, it says right here, but the faithful shall have comfort because their torment shall have an end. And the disciples were Friday hearing this and said, so then the faithful must go into hell. Then he went on to explain whereas that they would be in hell for a little while and that the message of Allah, which is Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he's going to ask Allah this. He's going to say, then shall his messenger speak to Allah and say, Lord, my creator, remember the promise made to me, thy servant, concerning them that have received my faith, that they shall not abide forevermore in hell. And Allah shall answer, ask what thou wilt, O my friend, for I will give thee all that thou askest. Now, Muhammad will say, then shall the messenger of Allah say, O Lord, they are the faithful who have been in hell 72,000 years. Where, O Lord, is thy mercy? I pray thee, Lord to free them from those bitter punishments. Is that true also? See, here's what you got to understand. When you read Genesis again of the Torah, 
you find out that you have sun, moon, and stars as signs of seasons and times, correct? That is in the earth plane. That has to deal with earth. When you step outside of the earth realm, then you're not governed by the same time laws. You understand? You say, if a person says, I live 76 trillion years, the joke is, you don't know whether they mean 76 trillion years of your time. That's the first thing you say is, 76 trillion years by my time, okay. 76 trillion years in an extraterrestrial world could be 30 years in your time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Because as you break the speed of light, time goes backwards. When you get outside of the Earth's atmosphere, the time system is totally different. The further you get away from your sun, where you go into other galaxies, like the galaxy I come from, where we have more than one sun, then our time system changes. Y'all have one hour per day, and we have three hours. Three simultaneously clocks going at the same time. Three sets of seasons going at the same time, depending on what galaxy you come from. You all always tend to base everything on yourself. Mm. All, right. all right, thank you. Um, I have another question, if I can ask, right? Like, I remember in one of your books you were saying when, uh, in the scrolls, when Allah commanded the angels to come down and from the clay make man. Now, I... I remember reading that the clay, well, the dirt, rather, the earth, like, asked the angel to desist from this purpose. Now, what I want to know is that being that we're made from that dirt, are we, in like, in sense or some kind of way crying out like he did in the beginning? Very interesting point. You know what? Because I've been trying to tell people for years that nature is your worst enemy. Your body tries to get sick. Do you understand that? Your body tries, you will, your body will pull you down the stairs if you're not careful. It will, your intellect will force you to step on the gas. Your soul yearns to be released from the prison of the bacteria of the body or the clay. And the clay is living cells of nature. That's what they speak about when they say that it, that it spoke towards the law. Every cell in your body is alive. Nature is alive. Grass is alive. Soil is alive. All these things live. And these things are bacteria that are plaguing your soul. What do you think you feed? You think you feed your spirit? You feed your body. And you will eat bad food knowing that it is bad for your stomach. You will drink sodas knowing that it is bad for your system. You will smoke ganja, smoke marijuana, take in drugs knowing that it can kill you. You will do these things because nature is man's worst enemy. Nature is not man's friend. Nature is constantly trying to return man to the earth. You understand? Mm. And that's where man makes a great mistake in thinking that nature's on his side. This is what makes you get up in a high place and that flash goes to your mind. I wonder how it would be to jump. But if I tried to push you off, I couldn't do it. But the flash does come to your mind. You look around. You're driving your car. It's something that makes you say, ah, a little bit faster. You get there a little quicker. And Mm. you start increasing in speed. You forget that you're driving a two-ton piece of steel and glass. And what would happen if you get into an accident? This is nature trying to end your life. So how do we, how do we fight against it? The too? thing is, it is not a part of you. If you want to see the real part of you, tomorrow morning when you're washing your face in a mirror, stop and stare for a little while, and you'll begin to get this feeling that the real you is looking from the inside out at the body. Talk to yourself and you'll make that distinct separation between you and the fake you. The real you is the soul. The fake you is the flesh. Stand in front of that mirror and
look at your eyes, look at your nose, look at your mouth, look at your ears, look at your skin, look at the growth of your beard if you be a male, and stare and stare, and eventually the question will come to you, which one is the real me? The one looking out or the one the one looking out is looking at? When you make that distinction between that soul and that body, then realize that if you did a scale, you do more for your body than you do for your soul. You're feeding your body, dressing your body, plucking your eyebrows, combing your hair, parting your mustache, you stand in the mirror, brushing your teeth, grinning and checking in, looking at little pieces of cabbage between your teeth. Everything is the body. What do you do for the soul? Someone comes along and says, pray five times a day. Wow, that's a whole lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah, eat seven, eight times a day. I mean, I watched the person try to, you know, the new bags of potato chips are made so you can't open them. You have to put it in your mouth and rip it with your teeth. You no longer can do it with your hands. You know that, right? Years ago, you take a bag of potato chips, you go rip and you open it up. Now they got this made out of this new kind of plastic that you can't even open. Correct? So you got to really fight to get to this bag with this. You gotta, it really stirs the animal in you. Mm. All of it for the pleasures of yourself. But how much do you give to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a person says, can you pray five times a day for Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? I work. I'm on my way. I go to school. In school, you make time for lunch. At work, you make time for lunch. But when it comes down to the worship of Allah, all of a sudden, you don't have the time. People pray over their food, even. Oh, God, thank you for the food. And then take it and adulterate it with hot sauce and ketchup and peppers and all kind of stuff. First they thank you for it the way it is, and then they add all the poison to it. That's nature trying to destroy you. Believe me. Go ahead. So I wanted to know, like, like do people actually, uh, like, talk to the devil inside of their chest? Do people actually do that? No, the we... devil talks to them through inspiration in their chest. The devil is the one that makes you put that frown on your face because he convinces you that that will protect you from people. And we actually answer him back and oh, stuff you, like Well, you answer the devil in your actions by carrying out his desires. So, in the You know, let me tell you a story about men. I'll show you how the devil works. It's good time to do it because summer's coming. There's three men standing on the corner and they're talking. They're holding a conversation. All right? They're supposed to be righteous men. They're standing here talking about the Quran or anything. And down the block, there's coming a girl. She has on tight pants. These three men, watch their natures, how they change. Now, all of them see her coming from the right. One guy alters his position so he's facing her coming. And his conversation continues so he can look directly at her without pretending he's looking at her. You understand? That's one guy. The other guy sees it, alters the conversation about women so they all will look. The other guy waits for her to pass and says, just look at that film. So he can turn around and look. Mm. You see, the devil, on the other hand, used all three of those men three different ways. They all answered the devil's call. One of them was direct. He just turned and looked at her and then made like he wasn't looking. The other guy got everybody to look. The other guy made it look like it was such a disgusting thing to look at 
that he had to point it out so that everybody would see it. That's how the devil works. The devil just puts up signs and we read them. You follow? Yes. That's his job. The devil is not going to make you do anything. He'll put up the sign and you'll read it and follow. So that's why he's a mass of commercials and advertisements. That's his thing. So in like manners, do like the, the seraphim or the good angels, people as yourself and others, can they speak to us too and we relate back to them? They sometimes? do. And they're the ones that makes you see a white woman in distress and you step above your narrow mindedness as a black ex-slave and say, I'm going to help her anyway because it's right to help her. Mm. Not because she's white, not because she's black, but because it's right to help somebody in distress as a Muslim, not because they're Christian, not because they're Jew, but because as Muslims, we are Abdullah. We are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have an obligation to all of his creatures. That's when angels are speaking to you. But when you say I'm a black Muslim and that's a white woman and I don't care if she suffers, then you're acting like the devil. You understand? Mm. And many people be, who are righteous become the devil because they think they're so righteous until they start doing more to work for the devil than Allah. I'm so right and everybody's so wrong, I don't realize how wrong I really am. Many people deceive themselves into evil. So does that mean that we help the... We help anybody that's in distress as Muslims. So do we help Shaitan, praise be upon him, like keep the good angels from speaking to us every day? Do we actually help him fight them off for something? Or how come they don't speak to us more? Because you don't open yourself to them more. Because you don't call on the seraphim until you're laying in a hospital bed. Or until you're in a prison cell. Or until things are going wrong in your love affair. Or someone in your family dies. Etc., etc., and then you turn and raise your hands to heaven and say, Why me? You don't ever hunger when you have a full stomach. But man, when it comes to worshiping Allah and adoration, should always be hungry. So if I hungered more at this present moment, I could actually feel those kind of things. The more you open yourself up to them, the more they'll come to you. There's okay. angelic beings, extraterrestrials, waiting to make contact to guide you. They just ask you, all they ask you to do is stay on Sabil Allah. Stay on the path of Allah. Stay on the path of righteousness. That we don't want to do. We want to shuffle and dive and step on and off the path at random. We want to pick them up when we need them and drop them when we don't. It doesn't work like that. It says, he who the Spirit descends upon and resides with him forever, you know him by that. You see that? Mm. When the Spirit descends, they want to stay with you. Not like Christianity where people get the Holy Spirit while they're in church and they go home and curse everybody out. Mm. No, in Al-Islam, when a ruh descends upon a man, it is supposed to reside with him eternally. He's supposed to stay in righteousness. Got to learn to live Islam. And, you, and we have an example in Rasulullah Muhammad. We have his sunnah to follow. The way he did things, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he practiced. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us he was the best of examples for us. He tells us to dress a certain way. He tells us to eat a certain way. He tells us to pray a certain amount of times in a certain way. If we want that guidance, we have to do that. The same thing like if you want to become a doctor, you got to pass certain, you got to study and pass certain things in school, right? If you don't do it, you won't become a doctor. You can walk around and call yourself a doctor. Like there's a lot of people walking around calling themselves Muslims, 
If you're not wearing a veil, you're not a Muslim. You're not wearing the sunnah of Rasulullah. You don't have a beard. And you're not doing, if you're not doing the things that Muhammad did, I don't care who you are, what country you say you're from, you're not Muslim. You have Allah? You have to do what Al-Islam calls for to be Muslim. If you don't, you're not Muslim. Look how bad you feel. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I was uh, reading a book and it was uh, referring to light. And it said that light is invisible, but how what we actually see is in terms of solid liquids and gases. And uh, I was just uh, trying to, you know, I was wondering if you could explain uh, something of that nature because you were saying I wanted to taste that once you could see into the uh, etheric realm of existence that there's beings that's all around us, but we don't have a... Uh, we haven't, you know, they have to incarnate for us because we're not able to incarnate them. And uh, I was just wondering if this is why, because... Just a minute, because you're overweighing yourself for no apparent reason whatsoever. <laughs> just turn the Holy Quran to the second chapter. The 255th verse, which is called Ayatul Kursi. And in it, it tells you that you can't see light. Allah, la ilaha illa huwa al-hayu qayyum. Allah, nothing would exist, exist, if it wasn't for Him, the living power, the living strength. You understand? So the word exist means what? To be. That's right. Allah, la ilaha illa huwa al-hayu qayyum. So life can be seen because life exists. And he separated this form of life from himself. So they're not talking about the type of life of Allah. They're talking about the life that Allah brought into existence. And if he brought it into existence, it is perceivable. Okay? Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I would like to address this question to uh, Ali Namisa. I would like to know why is it essential that one must move into the Ansar Allah community in order before the year 2000? Unfortunately, because the scripture says we have to, <laughs> because living together with people who have not been groomed to live together is a very difficult task. But in our scriptures, in the books of Revelation, chapter 11, it says, and it was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the Haikan, which is the word temple of Allah, which is what they have, of course, God. And the altar. And what's the next one? And them that worship therein. What's the last two words? There, therein. You see that? Not outside. People say, well, the temple is in my heart. Yeah, but your heart is inside you. So that can't be saying that. As long as I'm a Muslim in my heart, that's what counts. It doesn't say that. It says, have yourself counted with those who are inside the temple. Then what does it say about the court? The word court here in the language is dar. Dar means abode or place of dwelling. Or this is a dar you're in. And what does it say next? But the court, which is without. 
the temple. Those people who are outside of the temple, what about them? Leave out. And measure it not. Why? For it is given unto the Gentiles. And what does Jesus call the Gentiles? Don't number them with the righteous. That's why. Not because we like living together, that's for sure. Because we have our hard times. But because the scripture tells us we have to. Well, one of my questions is, why is black associated with the devil? Because the white man, as you know, spent a lot of time doing stuff like this. What's a devil dog? A brown piece of cake. What's devil food cake? Chocolate cake. What's angel cake? White cake. Why, what, what color suits do the bad guys wear? Black. What color suits do the good guys wear? White. What color suits the doctors wear? White. What color suits should they wear because they get dirty? Black. I mean, <laughs> they spend a whole lot of time making black look bad, and that's all part of brainwashing of this Western world. And the first and most important thing is, watch this. Ready? Let's take a Chinaman, correct? The Chinese worship Buddha, right? What nationality is Buddha? The statue of the Buddha is what? Chinese, right? So the Chinese are worshiping a Chinaman. How about the Indians? Krishna. Was Krishna what? An Indian, right? The Indians are worshiping Indians. The Red Indians are worshiping Red Indians. Eskimos are worshiping Eskimos. We're the only ones that worship a white person. Everybody else in the world worships somebody their own color. You understand that? That was a form of brainwashing. And if now, if Jesus is God and God is white, what are you in their doctrine as a people? See, if Jesus was white and he's God then, and we're black, what must we be? We must be the devil. This is subliminal brainwashing to suppress us as a people so we can't see our way to heaven. We can't even construct a mental tower of Babel to get back to the Father because we're God. We're the lowest of the low. We're nothing. We lived in Africa and we walked around naked and we ate people and one white guy named Tarzan came over and could beat all the animals and beat all the Africans in one fight. This is subliminal brainwashing. It must be uprooted. The white man perpetrated that phoniness about black <laughs> being ugly and evil. Uh, the question about, I guess about maybe about two and a half months ago, uh, someone asked a question about shaving. Uh, I know I, I shave because of this job I'm on, and I probably wouldn't have a job if I didn't shave. Uh, then it's wise to shave if you need your job to survive. Allah does not have compulsory indeed. If you, if that's going to deprive you from supporting your family, you follow? Yeah. Then shave. Allah knows that. Okay, uh, but the question is, uh, why uh, isn't a Muslim supposed to shave? And if, uh, from, from the outside, that last time, uh, it's a, a razor is not to be placed upon your head or your face. Then, uh, that wasn't from us. I don't know who gave you that answer. That ain't one of mine. I mean, because you shave. I use a razor when I shave and trim my bed. I don't know where they got that from. Okay. All right. <laughs> that answers Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I trim my bed. I keep my bed because the scripture says, do not mow the corners of your head. It tells you to keep a trim of a bed. But it, it was in my cheek. Out of my cheek, I do shave up to hear this. I used to be a student of Dr. Ben. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yes, and uh, he'll be working in Cairo, and it's going to surprise a lot of people to find out that he's becoming a Muslim. They're going to be quite surprised. He's converting to Islam. He's going to be working in the university in Cairo. Right? Do you're talking about Dr. Ben Jokanan. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Dr. Ben Johannes. Yes. Yeah. He's getting ready to become a Muslim. That's a great thing. Okay. Uh, well, uh, in, in, in times gone by, uh, in one of his lectures, he did say that 
Islam and Christianity was brought onto us by the sword and the gun. And I would like to uh, have a better understanding of that. Sure. If you ever read the fundamental histories of Al-Islam, you'll find out that before Muhammad left in the year 622 to go over to Medina to set up the community, he was the one being beat up. They didn't spread Islam by a sword. They were being beat by the Meccans and all the tribes who was in Arabia just because they were trying to teach the word of Allah. They wasn't fighting until after they got to the city of Medina and became a strong community, and then they wanted to come back to their own homes in Mecca, and that's when they started engaging in fights and battles with their own tribal members who were trying to suppress the propagation. Muslims didn't set out to war. See, here's a perfect example. The Crusades, where was it fought? Was it fought in Europe or was it fought in Jerusalem? It was fought in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. So the Muslims were home, and these people came all the way from Europe over there to fight with them. Yet they say the Muslims spread their religion by the sword, yet the Christians left Europe with swords and came to Jerusalem to fight Salahuddin. The Prophet Muhammad was in Mecca trying to teach the religion of Abraham. The people started beating on them. They stoned them. They put bricks on top of Bilal, Anhu. You know, they persecuted them. They were pushed out of their houses, left their families, and moved to another city where they was welcome, lived there, then built a strong party of people and came back and took over Mecca. And then they said they spread it by their sword. They never talk about how they were getting beat up in the beginning, like me and you, right? I, I, you beat me up every day when I'm little. I leave and go and train myself and come back big, and I hit you back. Oh, he's violent. They forget that you were beating me up all the time. You caused me to go form an army, you see? And that's how they interpret Islam as being spread by the sword. Nobody is more violent than American Christians. Because people don't understand when America goes to a country like Vietnam, they're going in the name of Jesus Christ because they're trying to spread Jimmy Swagger over at the same time they're trying to take the country. Christianity is the most violent religion in the world. Everybody on the news that you see, even wronging all of them people, are all Christians. Reverend Shopton, all Christians. The guys trying to persecute them are all Christians. Christianity is a religion that spreads itself by the sword. Uh... Something, uh, if you look around in here, uh, um, like in some Christian churches, if uh, you listen to a preacher on the radio, he always says, uh, bring all the sick, bring all the, uh, the, uh, the old people, the people in wheelchairs, and um, uh, walking with canes and crutches and all that. And uh, I know we have brothers and sisters out there who are in crutches, uh, wheelchairs and all that. And I don't see any of the brothers uh, that are out there soliciting. Uh, Spreading the word uh, of Islam, approaching these people, uh, I don't see any facilities in here for these people. What if these people should have a desire to join into the temple or become Islamic? Uh, what we are the provisions people. for them? We have people who come in here. We had several families who brought children in here who were considered crippled and couldn't walk. And after being here for a couple of months, we're walking and playing. We don't put up that we're no healers because that's not what, that's not what the mission is. The mission is to teach the word of the Most High, not to heal people. However, if people need healing, they can be healed. But that's not, I don't stand up as a faith healer, putting on hands, jumping around and all that kind of stuff. That's a big old act to get people's money. And I'm saying, I'm not into that. I'm into teaching people the truth about Allah, the oneness of Allah. That's it. And if they got faith, then faith will make them whole. Any man, he's going to do this. Jesus said, watch out for people coming like that. They're going, to, they're going to do so many signs and wonders that if it was possible, they'd even fool the elite. you got to be careful of them because it doesn't work like that. Okay? okay? And there is facilities there for people who need it. 
my question is about the pictures that I see around and the pictures I see in your books, right? What is the significance of including the pictures with the word? That's a very good question. The pictures you see on the wall is real important because if we don't do this, he's going to write them off as white, the way he does all other black men histories. He distorts the pictures and gradually alters the way they look, makes you know they're real, everybody's real light skin, the same way they did the Cleopatra movie and the Moses movie. And people now think Charleston Heston is Moses. And they think that Elizabeth Taylor is really what Cleopatra looked like. And so what I did is, and you happen to be a child that was smart enough to pull the pictures out. 99% of them are so afraid to touch the Bible, even in that state, that they'd never do that. And they start looking at those pictures as they read the Bible and really think that Jesus lived in the village and had a beard and looked like a hippie. They start getting that white Anglo-Saxon hippie image in their mind of what God looks like. And being there telling them that Jesus is God, you know what that means? They think they are. When they look in the mirror and they see a black face, they think that they see themselves as the opposite of white. So they teach you that white is opposite of black. Then God is white. Then what must black be? The devil. So what I've done is said, like me or not, I'm going to start putting images of black people in the books, regardless of what anybody says, so that the children that read it start to see Moses and Jesus and Abraham and Yusuf and all the people of the scriptures in their real shade and color. The men on the wall are put there so people can remember these great men of our history. Because the white man would love for us to just knock Marcus Garvey and Noble Drew Ali and Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he'd like to lock them out of our history, but he makes sure me and you remember his history, because if you reach in your pocket and took out a dollar bill, you'd be looking at a part of his history. He made sure we had our face on George and, and Abraham and Jefferson all day. He makes sure of it. So I'm not going to be fool enough myself to say it's not important to me, I'm saying. When I think a physical impression in the mind is important, what a person thinks things are oftentimes has a a way of affecting the way they react to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, people become, see a white guy with a beard, and they start, little black kids say, there goes Jesus, mommy, walking to the village. And the mother has to say, no, 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 that's a hippie. And that shouldn't be like that. You know, okay? it's interesting. It doesn't mean anything, but I agree with you in the sense that there was a certain um, hypnotic um, brainwashing that we've all been under as a result of, of his nonsense, all right? Spell, yeah. It's got to be sort of cleared, removed. Right? So when, by whatever means it has to be removed, I'm, I'm all for that. All right? Okay. Um, the other thing is this. I, I have absolutely no complaints about Ansar Allah. All right? From the first time I walked on this block, all I felt was love from all of your people. When I come into the place, I only feel at home. All right? There's no other place that I've been between New York, Jersey, Connecticut, upstate New York, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, that I felt that way in. All right? Thank you. That's a compliment. Now, the other thing is that I... I want to come in, all right? I don't work for a, I have my own, my, I do my own thing. It's more or less freelance, all right? There's a number of things that I do to take care of my responsibilities, all right? But I don't refer to it that way. I feel that he does certain things through me so that the things that I need are always there. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I have two questions. The first is concerning how we'll be judged on Judgment Day. Uh, my question is, what difference would there be between, say, a grandmother that died 40 years ago versus someone who is on the street, has seen some brothers with the books but never stopped, and also 
between a person who might come here to class or even live in the community, how, what difference would there be in their judgments? A grandmother who was here 40 years ago before the truth hit the shores, right, will be judged by her own, what do you call it, her intentions in life, not by her scriptural law. 99% go to paradise automatically because they're going to be judged by how they believe as Christians, not how they, not how they believe now that the truth has come. You follow that? Yes. In that which they did, you can tell. A person is a good, good Christian because they didn't know Islam, then you know that if they had been Muslim, they would have been good, good Muslims. So they're judged by their heart. That's right. Now, a person who walks the streets, sees righteousness, knows it's right, and doesn't accept it, is called in the Quran a kafiruna, one who conceals what they know to be true. The translators maliciously translate that as disbeliever. There's no such thing as a disbeliever in the Quran. It's kafirun from the word kafir, to cover or conceal something. This person in the scripture is classified as like the devil. And the scriptures in Revelation says, will be cast into a lake of fire along with the devil. There to abide forever. So those people who see the truth and stall or maliciously turn away, they will be classified as devils and their abode will be what you are calling hell. Hell is just a, script, a way of describing torment. And the torment one will receive is what they think they should get. Because you are your judge. And as gross as you think hell is for what you've done, that's exactly what it will be. Hell is like your nightmare, your worst nightmare. You create the nightmare you talk to yourself while in the nightmare. So when you know right from wrong and do wrong, whatever you think hell will be, it'll be that and some more besides. I'm sorry. I was just wondering if someone just sees, say, a brother on the street and they see him dressed in the white, but they don't know what it's all about. They're totally ignorant to anything that has anything to do with Islam. And they pass by. Would they be considered a cancer because they no, don't take the time? they couldn't be. They'd be judged by what they've done. Only once you know the truth, once you've opened the books and read it. That's why, that's why the first thing said to Rasulullah Muhammad was Iqra, read. Read. First thing Jesus told in the books of Revelation is he sent this book and signified by his angel. And those who read this book, he says in the books of Revelation, you see that? And understand this book. So the thing is you must read to understand. So those people who do not understand will not be judged as sinners. They'll be judged by their morals, by their own intentions in life. Okay, so if I'm on the street or if there's someone that I know personally that I'd like to try to uh, let them know a few things, maybe suggest to them to read, and they just don't want to get into it, what would happen at that point? I mean, is it just over at that point? They're just judged for whatever they... No. You are... See, what happened is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of all the people in the world, made it possible for you to be in the presence of that person. You understand? Yes. So that person is being warned. And they're going to be judged then. You are the warner. See, that's why it says in the Quran, Muhammad is a, a witness over you, and you are a witness over each other. Each one of us, once we know the truth, become a witness. A testifier like Jesus John said, I testify of Jesus Christ. That's what he was talking about. So anybody you try to talk to, Allah sent you to them. And if they turn their back on you, they are classified Catholics if they don't listen. But remember, you have to be in full sunnah. 
means full example of what righteousness is also. You can't walk up to them in a pantsuit and expect to convert them to a dress. <laughs> you can't walk up to them with a cigarette in your mouth. You know, like parents tell children, they tell children, don't go in the bathroom and smoke. Smoking is bad for you. Uh, honey, go over there and get my cigarettes off the table. <laughs> you can't do that. You see what I'm saying? So your example has to be right. And when you approach them with the right example, when you're right, then they turn away, then they'll be judged. But if you approach them and you're not right fully, and they turn away, you're the sinner. Because you brought to them a non-perfected way. I see. Shukran. It's a pleasure. Peace. Uh, I got a household situation here. I'm living with a Christian woman, but I believe in the Holy Quran. And our kids, we have four kids. And she teaching them the Christianity uh, lessons too. Uh, being that that I'm a Holy Quran believer and she a Christian believer, what will happen in the future with our relation? The reality of that is, when you say I'm a Holy Quran believer, that doesn't say that you're a Muslim. It just says I'm a Holy Quran believer. And what Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us to do is to convert people mainly by our example. You follow that? The example that you have in that house as a good person, the tenets that you would introduce in that house, the laws on cleanliness, or not not drinking or smoking cigarettes, or your good nature will be more influential. There is no difference between a Christian and a Muslim, really. There is no difference. A Christian is merely saying that God came down to earth as a man, and they call him Jesus. All right? Muslims are saying, no, he did not. He's always been in heaven. Now, when you eliminate those two arguments, okay, you come back to what do Christians believe? They believe that real Christians now, if you're good and good for people, you'll go to a place called heaven. Correct? That good Christians, you shouldn't get drunk, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal. So any of the Christian morals that she is putting into the child is not going to hurt the child. Your father, and the belief of Jesus being Allah in flesh, as the child gets old enough, or the children old enough to understand what they're reading in English, they'll see right through it in the Bible themselves. It don't take much. That's why that room is full of people, because you people in that room are beginning to see that someone told you all a lie. <laughs> you see? And you start to look at the Bible a different way and look at the meaning. Don't be all messed up about it and wrecking yourself emotional about it. Be gentle about it. And you study the Bible. Study the Quran, study all the scriptures, respect her for what she believes. You follow what I'm saying? And in time, truth will prevail and false things perish. That's what will happen. <laughs> Also stay a complete for us our life. And forgive us. For surely you have the power over all things. Now, regardless of where you go, that would be the symbol of us. So it eliminated the confusion. But when they took us away from pictographs, what we also refer to as hieroglyphs, and took it down into scripts, whether it was heretics, or Aramaic, or Arabic, or Hebrew, that's when the confusion came in, because you got away from what was really being spoken about, and it left room for interpretation. For example, 
If I say, you are the son of my world, what do I mean? Now, if you're a person new to the English language, you're confused. You're saying, I'm the son of the world? I'm not the son. But we in America know what you're saying is, you make me feel good. You're like the light of my day. You know, all the romantic stuff. You're just so. We have reached 1998, and light knowledge is reaching people all over the world. The Supreme Grandmaster, Naya Malachi Zadakios L, is truly setting the record straight. Now listen to these facts, the voice of truth in these last days and times. The Nuwakian Nation of Moors brings you the man of the hour. All that. Thank you. 
to keep them down. You can keep them down for a while now, but they keep coming back up. Whether we call that the Mayans or the Aztecs or the Oromans or the Egyptians or the Babylonians or whatever we come up as, Native Americans, Arabs, Hollywood, wherever we come up, we come back. Whether it's Puerto Rico or Cuba or Mexico, we come back. His time is up. In 
They said, we're having a hard time taking the sun. But you know they're having a hard time taking this sun. We're sun people. We come from the Caribbean. We come from the Caribbean, Africa. Now, we're having hell with the sun. They don't know if you're going to walk in with Negro there and they're having a problem with the sun. For those people who have not been technology, we do it at those deficits that concentrate on separation, which is what is the era of integration. Those people that are involved in the movie are not involved in the movie. They're not involved in the movie. They're not involved in the movie. They're the and we hit that 25,000 to 26,000 people I mentioned Tuesday is because you have the equinox and the procession. The equinox is the 24,000 years or 25,000 years very essentially that the planet moves, moves all the way around the whole solar system moves around the sun. But then, because the planet has been shifted off its axis, why there's some left hand and some right hand everywhere, because it's been pushed with 14 feet axis, now you have to worry about that axis needle moving, and that's going to second, and that happens every 26,000 years. Well, they have been logging and clocking this until today. Now we're at that point of the procession. And the fear is that the needle will shift. That means that the sun is closer to the ice cap. That means that the ice begins to melt. That means raising of water in Alabama. More floods for us. That means all up in the Catskill Mountains, Canada, all of that way, they're going to be buried underwater. If they can figure out a way to keep the planet from shifting, they literally want to go against the natural course of nature. They see me doing it so many times. But they're actually taking it out. They're stealing clothing people and give them to a plastic heart. They fake eyeballs. The bottom is now they want to actually keep the plants from sitting back to the because it must go past a direct and then over. When at its direct point, we become God. And then it starts to move. But when we get back, our brain capacity will go back to natural. We're only using a force of our brain, but we're all moving to one side. You don't believe it? Any group of nuclear stand and watch them move to one side. They never stand on both feet. They never stand on two feet. Whatever we get done through, we get it. And that's because we're. Let's go back. I'm, 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 I ain't joking. I'm saying this is frightening to me. I don't know what y'all are saying. We're trying to realign our brain so we can be in sync with the flow of intellect that comes from us, from the heavenly home. So those who are so negative about others, we never see what the culture makes you act. We are at that time of day when you're sitting there and you're just not playing out of nowhere. You're on your way to where you look up and because you're old enough to remember, you can face the time to face the get from one place to the next. You're walking out the street, you look up and say, I have a problem. I can't afford to go to the 
And they put it in certain foods. Foods you like, they say. And they rich the food. And don't you know, know all the foods you like. That means they study something. You understand? They have to study us to know what we like and get like. These are the times that if you are Christian, your Bible is talking about. These are the times that you are Muslim, your Quran is talking about. These are the times that you are a Hindu or a Buddhist, it's the fact that you are a Christian we're talking about. That's the same time you and I are in the war, the room of the war, pestilence, disease. We're trying to turn our hearts and our fathers towards themselves. And they're trying to turn their children to kill their mothers and fathers.
But if something we could do about today and tomorrow, and if we don't do something about that, then we're fool. We go back to grandma's ideas of planting. Get out there and put some dirt under your nails and plant some potatoes yourself. Put a good hard day work in for yourself and stop being a slave to the master. <laughs> stop going out there and serving the devil and his son who's working principalities in high places. They're way out there. We got all the problems. That's the American, you know. Why is it six? Why is it six dollars or something? You know what this dollar says? 100% of the American people just say, but 100% of every room is 100%. So they take a poll, they take a poll of selected people who are already programmed. How many of us really care about a stranger hand? How many of us? We prefer them to put billions of dollars into eggs since the center rockets to Mars right now. This is America's opinion. But they say that they take hold and we agree for them to send billions of dollars to the rockets in air. They say that, but right now when you say in any photo that everybody here is not part of our organization or family, are you? Some people are getting rid of But everybody's hand way up for stuff that makes sense. How we have a problem. Ain't nobody doing nothing about it. And we're losing children. They're not coming to the churches. They're not coming to the mosque. They ain't coming to the synagogue. They ain't going nowhere near God. And that's where we are at our best. You know why? Because we are by nature spiritual people. Whether it is sin, because I'm telling you, you can go to a prison concert and get the Holy Ghost. If you like print it up, it ain't got to be hard. It's got to be hard. Yeah, because you get spirit. You can get out there and get some bungalows out there and pull out, and we can get the plane and somebody will come in. It is the same thing in the Pentecostal church. They get the go. Why? Because you are pulling over with spirit. Pulling over with soul and strength. The flesh. Like a time bomb which results in the children going crazy. But we don't have expression. I can't act the way I want to act. Can't do the things I want to do. We can we hang on the group. I'm going to the center. We stand around and say, Hell, we ain't got no money. We take the old world box and make a drum out of it to serve the people. Make a horn on the toilet pole, the toilet paper bag. Where's all that come from? That's that latent power inside of us. That's the threat from the walking behind a robot. Who works is the threat. Because as the godly qualities come out of you, creativity comes out of you. You have that ability to adapt and change. We can make it. When everybody else in 1940, when Wall Street collapsed, they jumped out the window. They landed on us. He was already out there. I thought, we're going to let it go. We're going to let it go. You know, you know some of y'all too young to know that some of your grandmothers and grandfathers went back to the bank and they were told there's no money. When all their savings was in the bank. Am I lying? We're told we're sorry. The bank was locked. And people stand inside and say, Father, I'm going to ask you young folks a question. 
if you were in the bank, and all your life savings in the bank, and we got there that morning, they said, sorry, the Wall Street in New York collapsed, then you down here in Georgia, your money ain't here, what would you do? Talking to young people, not only folks like me, young folks, talking, what would you do? Say what? You know what that young man said? Go home, go home. Get up on the floor. You know what we did? We did absolutely nothing. Because we were docile. We were scared. We were were afraid of the man who said it. We did nothing. But suck it. You see? But the game. And I say it's a million times, but today, when they walk up to a car and ask for a driver's license, oh, you can take it. We even something right. I've seen things on TV, and I never know what I've seen in my life. I'm going to go and say, I'll take this, my sister, to my number, and then they go over. And then they go over. Or not I thought, can I do this? I know a woman, a woman police put a brother out of the car in front of his door, and the brother's backing up, the woman said, give me a key, he said, let me talk, give me a key, get the officer, let me talk, he said, well, broke your face, I don't mean, I don't mean, I wouldn't say, metaphorically broke her face, he broke her face, broke all the bones in her face. But she's a pound on her body. I've seen them telling me they put a cop over the name of the cop. Well, the white cop, the brother said, I'm a cop. I'm a cop. Get off me. I'm a cop. There is nothing in the street. Those things didn't happen in my day. You were too scared. But we started calling me. And that was enough. <laughs> we never heard of the police. We started calling me. We started to shake wherever it was. And we walked in the church, we got scared. And we knew somebody was going to get beat up and hurt. Because I didn't take it up. You hear me? Not nowadays. The Almighty was bred. Heavenly hope. Warring angels. Angry people. I mean, angry no man. And the worst part about it is little Caucasian kids. Have come over and joined in on the bed. And they hit my other laughing too. They beat the hell out of racism. It got down to right and wrong. And he can still if you wrong me, I'm retaliating. Tell me that that must be that you can't. You know you can't. All you old men over there, you know you can't. I'm 53 years old. And I was scared. But now we don't want to be coming. Just the way they stand up. Just to watch the way we stand. I am coming for your car. That's it, should be obvious. He's already been for two miles. Y'all don't stop. When they go up and stop, we stop and have an accident. Don't hit each other. They can stop. We can stop. Y'all drive and let the ball rock and then pull your little story over here. Bounce it for a little while. And then stop. That is all true. Right? 
And he got to say, I'm coming for your car. Put up your hood on the ground. Put up a highway up for us. Get out the place. <laughs> what can we do here? And I don't know what to do with y'all. We just see what that is. They say, get on the floor. Get on the floor. Get on the floor. Get on the floor. They did. They said it. They said it, y'all. Because y'all are forward warriors. And Bruce Lee didn't help. He said people how to kick people. You ain't telling your son to kick your daughter's teeth out. All the matter of a group of people. Let me get a new one now. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to win. You with me, y'all? That's today's time again. Lord, I hate to say it's a beautiful day and time, but it's a beautiful day and time. It's been a long time coming, but change is going to come. <laughs> Oh, we've been waiting a long time to see this thing change. Not that I want to hurt nobody. All I want is what I am doing. I don't want nothing for free. I don't want no welfare. I don't want nothing you can take away when I'm doing good. I want to earn it. I don't want to earn it. I'm entitled to a piece of the rock that I chipped off. And you're not going to give it to me. I have to figure out another way to get mine. Because I can't depend on you no more. I can't trust your image going into my son and going to talk anymore. Because it's talking to me. It's right there. You hated me for the love I gave you. Our grandmothers washed their clothes, raised their children, breastfed them, and they still hate them. Come right out and crucify your great grandfather, from your grandmother, who taking care of you. That's what they did. You know this, you know my name, I don't know this, you man, is that King Cole, the first black man to ever be on television? With his own show, that is. With one who's going to be, the one that's shining, and the great one, you know, we had Willie, we had, um, Rock and Rock, man, Bob! We had Willie with brother guys, we had, um, Amos and Andy, y'all, man, see? But the man will get to do some research and find out who I'm right. Bill Cosby was one of them. But that's all that sound of a man. What was that one of the names? He said, Hi, Lord. Euro. Euro. Y'all don't know about these things, do you? You know, they killed that last King Cole. He's doing this, he's doing this, he killed his life story. He died of a broken heart. He didn't want a man. For the services that he rendered, the way they treated him. Red Fox kept white, black, Chinese, Indian, and Martian black. More than 50 years, Red Fox died for. Sammy Davis Jr. half dead, smiled, both stable, and entertained everybody without concern of it. Victim of everything. They said, but when. Frank Sinatra started losing his mind because of Alzheimer's disease. He couldn't no longer do concerts, but he couldn't remember his words. They started hooking him up. Big old screen on the stage. I thought, trying to get off. Big old screen with the words this big. So he was the end. All out of key, and they were gone anyway. They were just clapping away. That's 
that kind of stuff hurts. All the only one tell us about Billy Holiday is he died as a drug addict. What about all the movie stars? Now we're about. Let's talk about that some more. You hear me? If you don't see what they in town with, you're in trouble. And I'm not saying we got to hate nobody, because if we start hating people, we're going to get bad as them. Don't run up on me with that black power, I ain't got no time for it. Now, I'm a wonderful man. You need to stop wasting that intelligence on that bullcrap. Put that blade on something constructive for everybody in the same country. But ain't about black and white no more, you don't know that it's only 10% of the population that has a problem. Other 90% of the white people have to go on welfare too. And get dogs up by minute. But every time you see any white man on the street, all that white man wants to go right. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. The first thing they taught all of us in that whole black 60s thing is drawing their blue eyed people with devil. And they did everything to us. Then when you investigate history, you find out drawing their blue eyes would never pay contact with you. You were dealing with the Portuguese. So called Your hell, all those sounds are more courageous 
Let me do the talk now. I want y'all to get something. And I ask you, is that Jesus? Next question. Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? That is the question. Not is that a statue of a Jesus. Not is that a replica of a Jesus. Is the one on your church wall. The one right there. I took a picture of that face on that statue. Can I say that that is what Jesus of 2,000 years ago looked like? That's his face? That's enough. So get that down. Because <laughs> that's how it works. But the people that come out here and call us idol worshippers are worth the far in the study. And each one of them is so funny. Now, you can do this if you want. You can go to any city and go to 10 different churches and meet 10 different Jesus on one Sunday. Everyone got a different Jesus up there. Different faith, different hairstyle, different little apron. What a funny thing? They got one Jesus on the cross and another one on the same back row. He can have God in there, he can have blonde hair. He can have children in there, one and one more, and that's still there. And all of them are Jesus. But I come in and say, well, which one of them is the way, the truth, and the life? And I can't get to the Father but by him. I need a reach no look right. You know, just say blasphemer, get out there, church, you devil. That's what they would say. They won't realize that it's a new mind. There's a new mentality coming in. And people are going to ask you. If you tell me something, I'm going to ask you about it. I'm going to ask you if you know what you're talking about. You ain't just picking me up and walking me down the road no more, sir. No, sir. I want to know if you know what you're talking about. That's why they don't want me in church. Delivering the blessing in you that everybody talks to me. I ain't never been invited to talk to nobody. I'm still in the church. <laughs> nobody likes me. First of all, I don't want to talk to me. First of all, I don't want to talk to me. But what's wrong with me? Why not die of a person? Yeah, I'm talking to y'all walking a little bit. I thought the fact that don't want to talk to me. And y'all ladies out y'all don't want to talk to me. I ain't been invited. I said, no, man. Nobody wants to hear me. Because I'm the question man. And he said something, I'm going to ask you how you know. And he said, I want to speak to you. I don't know the language. I'm the wrong language. My next question is, oh, so you speak to you? No, then why don't you get here in English? What's the question to be too late for? And I won't be lying. What's the Dow Boy Alpha for? I don't see anything that's running about the Dow Boy Alpha for the FOI. What's that? That's just running? What's the Turkish flag? That's why they're all around. Y'all are the Yahweh. You're the son of God? And you're the jail? And they got beat up in there? And they speak Hebrew, God's language? Come on. And I am dreaming people that are doing the same thing now. But I told y'all from day one. Go. 
believe anything I say. Check me out. And I get insulted when you don't investigate. I hate to walk there. I just believe everything you say. That's how you ask that 54. I'm telling people, check me out. Investigate what I say. Now, people have been doing it for years. Come back to well, Pop, don't. The truth is true. The truth is true. Let's do that as our battle and go forth against the world. Combine that with the minds of the new incarnate angelic beings who are warring from heaven and the truth is damn dark, dark. Before, before this man, before this planet, and ain't no man for none of us to live anymore on it. He's a story for me and you. When you mess up the air, you ain't messing up just the neighborhood, you know. When you mess up the mind and the children, you mess up the future. You understand? If they didn't like you, dog, you wouldn't have black and red. You hear me? Anybody here, anybody who really didn't know how much they got to go through to get a hit record? They got to kick more butt. They scrutinize them, examine them. You make them a material, change it. They make them a big star. They want him out there. They want to be out there. They want a young boy to call themselves gay. They want them to keep each other up. Population control. We breathe. We prove. Do what we say. We ain't got nothing else to do. We ain't got nothing else to do. So we ain't got nothing else to do. It's our baby's pastime. You put down the Bible there, bro. Stop coming off the many things we're allowed to do. We hate it, right? Yeah. We pay it, right? Yeah. We pay it. Look at the little TV here. Yeah, so. Something we forgot to do. <laughs> Baby time. And we are famous because we are nature. So we breathe. Jump in the sky. In the baby. Right or wrong? All you got to do is listen. You ain't going to pay you everything again. Every time I look up, it's a star. Man, they are soft on prison, you know. And they know you should be that bad. And they got to breathe as fast as we breathe. And they're not being placed in some place in the service. There's a problem. So we must come up with some kind of way to control the population. Whether it's gang, busting, kick, sliding each other, or drugs, or AIDS, or whatever, we must control the population. They don't give a darn about their father. Murdoch, 
showing that he can he can do things that said to be done or did a new thing you or Master P. I knew I knew Sam Inky and I knew Sam Lee. Inky couldn't say the name. Because though I am spiritually related to Inky as his son, you know, I reject everything Inky stands for because he opposed I knew. It was a strong decision because I was seen through the Chilean wife of India as a disagreeable, a warrior, a defendant. And I had to change my whole genetic structure recalibrated so that I could work on behalf of the new, but act as a defendant of the innocent at the same time. So I had to be given the ability to kill when killing is not in the unnatural nature, thus it's necessary to be born to eat who was a reptilian, and I have a reptilian mentality as well as an Anunnaki's mentality as far as agreeable, yeah, and disagreeable way. And you have both of those attributes because this is what you have. You have both an agreeable nature and a disagreeable nature sitting in this room. That don't mean you have some agreeable people and some disagreeable people. Everybody sitting in this room has agreeable in them and disagreeable. Everybody has a little devil in them. Everybody has a little God in them. In order for a being to come to you, to raise you up, they've got to have the kind of nature you have so that you can't trick them. Because you're very good at it. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Nothing is just going on a triple. Anybody else? The brother from Washington came down a long way. The people from Washington, I assume, are in the house. <laughs> Very good job, a good teacher. And they feel good to see our young brothers coming up. There's nothing as sad as seeing um, a purpose destroyed because maybe the leadership hollers and controls all the information for themselves in order to look heavy. And then when they pass on, there's no one to pick up that baton and keep running. It's good to see that these young men are coming up, and I'm hoping to see some young sisters be up there. Not that young doesn't mean that to be young. <laughs> you know how I was, you know, young at any age. <laughs> Inky couldn't say the name. 
Because though I am spiritually related to India, his son, you know, I reject everything he stands for because he opposed Anuk. And a strong decision because I was conceived through the Chilean wife of India as a disagreeable, a warrior, a defense. And I had to change my whole genetic structure recalibrated so that I could work on behalf of the new but act as a defender of the innocent at the same time. So I have to be given the ability to kill when killing is not in the Anunnaki's nature. Thus, it's necessary to be born to Eve, who is a reptilian, and I have a reptilian mentality as well as an Anunnaki's mentality as far as agreeable, yeah, and disagreeable way. I have both of those attributes because this is what you have. You have both an agreeable nature and a disagreeable nature sitting in this room. I don't mean there are some agreeable people and some disagreeable people. Everybody sitting in this room has agreeable in them and disagreeable. Everybody has a little devil in them. Everybody has a little God in them. In order for a being to come to you to raise you up, they've got to have the kind of nature you have so that you can't trick them. Because you're very good at it. <laughs> Not this kind. <laughs> Nothing is just going on a triple. Anybody else? The brother from Washington came down a long way. The people from Washington are soon in the house. Very good job. He's a Make me feel good to see our young brothers coming up. There's nothing as sad as seeing uh, a purpose destroyed because maybe the leadership hardens and controls all the information for themselves in order to look heaven. And then when they pass on, there's no one to pick up that baton and keep running. It's good to see that these young men are coming up, and I'm hoping to see some young sisters be up there. Not that young doesn't mean that to be young. You know how I was, you know, young at learning with age. In the stages of learning, I want to see some of these young sisters get up and also teach and carry this word out because I know you know what time we are. I know you can see the world and the conditions of the world. Needless to say, the clock is ticking louder than it's ever ticked before. And time is running out. And I'm not going to preach doomsday. I'm not going to tell you that the end of the world is coming. End of a kind of world is coming. End of a kind of rulership is coming. And it's high time for it to go. So that the new world and not new world order, but the new world can come into place where love rules and not emotions. Right? What else we want to talk to you about? Me and Brooke was building on the idea of uh, why is it we have to get back to a state of wobble? And we were looking at it as a uh, neutral state. Okay, and um, I was thinking on that. I'm sorry, you're at a neutral state. Yeah, we were looking at it as a neutral state. Okay, we were at a neutral state. And, um, where are we? I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Okay, but um, I was looking at that and I was thinking, um, well, maybe 
uh, while we're here dealing with this society, we have to uh, focus more on our positive nature and suppress the uh, disagreeable side of us so that we could kind of like balance things out. Because I, re- I remember when you were saying that uh, our planet has been surrounded by a almost disagreeable crystal-like energy thing. And um, I was thinking that if we were to focus more on, the positive, on our positive nature, the best disagreeable will balance things out and allow us to be able to cope with things going on in this society now. But later on, once we establish uh, our state of the we will then be able to get back to that neutral state and then exercise both our agreeable and disagreeable using uh, time like reason. So is, is that what's going on? Is that what's going on? Is that why we have to focus more on our positive That's why I was a little heavy when I was To me, uh, sound right reason is already in each of us. What has happened is all our reasoning, our sound judgment, and most important, right decisions have been overlaid by theatrics. In other words, they took out reason and replaced it with belief. And in belief, if you try to reason out what you believe, then you'll be called a blasphemer or a tormentor. If you belong to a religious denomination, uh, let's say Christianity, for instance, for starters, and you're a devout Christian, and someone attempts to assassinate the Pope, about, you say that's a very sad thing. It's a very sick thing to do. That's how you see it. And that is a way to see it. But in the Wampo, the next way to see it is, why is the Pope nothing? You follow? Why would the Pope attempt not to die if the greatest of all glories is to be back in the bosom of God and if you are the Pope, you're about as close to the person of God as most or any man could possibly be. You have to ask me what Nawako does is it raises that kind of question to reasoning that bothers people. Because it says, why is the Pope driving around in a bulletproof vehicle that him and God is tight? Why is he trying to tell me to be good in order to go to heaven to be with God and he don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> Billy Graham passed out giving a lecture and he's on his fourth collapse. His fourth collapse. And he is fighting to live. He is trying to live. He's got all kinds of tubes in him and breathing machines and heart pumping machines and he wants to live. I would assume, I would assume that Billy Graham would want to die if Billy Graham believes in heaven. If he believes that when you die, you go to God and you go to heaven, why is he trying so hard to stay here? And the first thing that happens to most of the people in this room when they become frustrated is, I don't want to live. If they're religious, they say, I want to go to God. Why is the Pope and Billy Graham 
and amongst one of my other religious leaders, including my beloved brother, Minister Louis Farragon, standing around with a bunch of bodyguards, standing around, uh, why doesn't he want to die if he believes in heaven? I don't believe in heaven. I know some niggas that stand up with a gun right now and pull the trigger. But I got to learn to duck. But I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe in that shit. I'm not going to teach you to be so God-fearing that you don't have enough sense to duck when a nigga stand up with that gun. But the men that say they believe that they're but the men that say they believe that there's some heavenly abode that we all go to and that God is there waiting to embrace us and his son meets us on the way through the light. Why are they trying not to get there? This is what Nuwapo is. So no, it's not about Nuwapo being neutral. Nuwapo is the, that dormant presence of divine in each individual that makes you question everything you are about to do, be it good or evil. When you're about to do something that is wrong and you know it's wrong, something says to you, now you know this is wrong. And something else says, but it's fun. <laughs> Everybody that gets ready to bungee jump, everybody. While they're tying this thing on the ankle, somebody, a voice in the back of their head says, now you know this is some dumb shit to do. You know this is stupid, you know? Right? And as they get near the edge, they say, you know, I'm telling you now, this is real stupid. Now they look over the edge, they backtrack the rubber all the way back to the ankle, and something said, I'm giving you one more chance to think this out. Now this is stupid. And then they jump. <laughs> and after they defeated that divine awareness in them, jumping becomes fun. It becomes a recreation. They become a ritual. Then they want to try something else, Gary. Once you coat over or blot out that Nuwako in you, and this is done through concentrated effort, it's done through words, it's done through gestures, it's done through the media. When I was talking to some people yesterday, I was saying, I want you all to think about this for a minute. Everybody complains about people talking about them behind their back. You know what I mean. So let me talk about me behind my back. I don't want nobody to talk to me any other place but behind my back. Because behind my back is my face. Behind my face would be the problem. So if someone says, I'm talking about you behind your face, then they're back there. When they're talking about you behind your back, then they're standing in front of you.
be small against Tupac. And have them really thinking they were gangsters. I mean, they really think they're gangsters. They make the faces. They make the videos with the hats and the guns, and they walk in the clubs like the Godfather, and then they shoot each other. And I think this Bible says that a man thinks so shall it be. These people think themselves into their own destruction. But what type of tricks are you? To make us susceptible to that type of thinking and perspective, how easily is it done? I remember talking to y'all months ago when kids were still wearing baggy clothes, and I said, pretty soon they're going to be fitting clothes. Yeah. They're going to tighten the clothes up. Sneakers have got to go. Love is the end. After love comes in wings. Pretty soon the women are wearing tight clothes and wigs and nails and lips and everything because there's money involved. They don't have enough enough for money. Now, how is it how is it that they can have ninety percent of the people who are on television you see today wear velvet? Because somebody decides it's time to bring in velvet, and now people are wearing velvet, and they decide next month it's time to bring in satin. People be wearing satin. That's because you have given up that Nuwapo in you. You literally open your eyes and you digest things, and what you digest is able to change the way you feel and think. It actually goes against your better or best judgment. You see what I'm saying? And that's why they can say stuff like, you can't make up a word like oversensitive because it's not in the dictionary. And I say, well, there's no dictionary in the dictionary either, it's just definitions. <laughs> And if you got uh, an understanding, an overstatement, I can have an overstatement and an understanding. Is it bothering you because you knew one day I would figure out that this Bible and the Quran, they give us a great understanding, have a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom in it, and a great understanding, but the only being or being that would care before it, that would overstand it, give all that, or overview it, or write it, would have to be God. Mortals would be given it to understand it, to say beneath it. But God was there when it was happening. And that's why it's called mystery. And mystery prefixed my story. That's why they don't want to ever call it a history book. And you can tell them, well, because Abraham was a Chaldean, and Chaldean is a geographical place on the planet, and he's back in time, and this, if I read the story of Abraham, I'm reading the history of a man. So this is a history book. No, 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 this is the holy book. <laughs> I said, well, okay, then it's a holy history book. <laughs> it's a history book. Now, what does the history have to do with what I'm doing today? Nothing. So why are so many people caught up in this history book? Because it gives you the key to controlling the emotions of people. 
it gives you a word, a word that I, I greatly dislike, believe. And why I hate the word believe so much is because when people get to talking about you in front of your back. <laughs> The first thing they do in most cases is say, you know what I think? I'm an opinion. That's big. I think, well, Jesus is supposed to come back and get us. Say, uh, you believe that? That's what I believe. Why well, choose not to believe it? And you say, well, you're a blasphemer. I choose not to accept the title not to believe it. And he said, well, you're a blasphemer. I choose not to accept the title of blasphemy. <laughs> you're a cult. I choose not to accept the word cult. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> I choose not to accept the word crazy. See, the moment... I can instill in you a belief, an unconfirmed fact, that I can point at the whole Chinese nation, label them, and call them the devil. And because you want to believe it, you will. You won't investigate. What I said, excuse me, um, are there black devils? Eyebrows raised up in Boston. No, he ain't. No, bro, bro, he's not. Not Bob over there. Not this. Yes, I am. Because that's normal. That's reality. When you go there and say, are you going to tell me that all black people are good and all white people, Chinese people are bad? You're going to tell me that you have never met a black devil? You? Can anybody here tell me that you've never met a black devil, someone who's black, I mean, bumble dibble, and say that he doesn't have the devil in him? Or her? Come on with it. So you know what that would make us? And we persist in that doctrine? What? But religion teaches people to be hypocrites. Because it teaches you to love your neighbor if they belong to your same faith. Now that doesn't add the last chapter. It basically says, love thy neighbor as I love thyself. That means, being I'm a Christian, anybody who's not like myself, I don't have to love. It's a little tricky. But as we listen, those things trick our mind, and then it feels all right for me to say, well, if I am a Muslim and you are a Christian, it's all right for me to blow up the World Trade Center. Because I believe that you are a bad person. Because you do not believe what I believe. You see where it's ruled up? But when I knew, and the rest of your guardians, what you might call angelic beings, angelos, start to approach, you had to be reprogrammed as a being. You had to be prepared 
for being that when they talk to you, they talk straight at you. They don't talk in belief. They don't talk in approximate. They don't talk in parables. That's why I look at the Quran and start in chapter 2 it says, and Allah has a parable for you. And you go, and he's the word messenger. The likeness is the word of religion. And you say to yourself, that almighty, powerful, boundless God of all the universe has to speak in power. Can he just say on this? Does he have to do something like uh, doing of that in accordance with the results of a doing of that? Could result in a very tragic say, nigga, don't do that. It would be a hell of a lot simpler for me. The Quran would be less pages, more people would read it, and things would get on. When you open this book in, the book of St. John, let me see what it says here. Nice book. It says here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him there was not anything made that was made. And the light was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. <laughs> Why is it necessary to do all that? And let, me, let, me, let me see what he's trying to say. There was the beginning. <laughs> and there was a word, a word spoken. Spoken in that beginning, and that was God. And the word that was spoken was life, and the life made life. That's why it's man. Simple. Why does God study Shakespeare? Why does he have to emulate Shakespeare? Why is it that God does not want every individual to pick up this book and get a clear understanding of it? Why must we have people to come along and give us tafsir of the Quran, interpretations of things? Why is the Quran so clear that everybody that picks it up would understand it? The Quran tells you it has no intention of being clear. It starts off, Alif, Lam, Mim. Three letters. Then it goes, ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه ولن يمتثل الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون الصلاة ومما رزق لهم في الدنيا. Sounds nice. Oh, your God, what is he saying? Let me tell you that most Arabic-speaking Muslims are also saying, "What is he saying?" And they say it in Salat, and they're still saying that it was 50 years. Now, 50, 40, before they put the light on. That's what is it saying? So you go back and say, brother, what does Alif, Lam, Mim mean? So the three letters, A, L, and M, they're the initial letters of the simple Bakara of the Quran. What do they mean? They say, nobody knows. Yes. Any ex Muslims there? Don't be ashamed to hide now. You know you are. Oh, that's good job. I'm sorry. I came in. Don't 
in Canada that are buried under ice and living in shelters by the thousands are not really concerned with their religious doctrine or dogma right now. Most of them are concerned about heat and a sandwich. Some <laughs> more clothes and a place to sleep and a sandwich to eat. Yep, and they would share that sandwich with a white person, all black person, anybody would share because nature, nature is bringing the reality to us. But nature doesn't segregate. Humankind is way past their limits on the planet. You are supposed to be gone ever since you started taking needles or vaccines to survive. When you have to immune your body against nature, when a child gets all these vaccines, nature is basically saying, I want y'all out of here. I want y'all off my planet, out my house. Y'all are meant to each other, every animal, every tree. I want y'all out. So now when the baby's born, the doctor tells them, you must get at least in the 16 shots that you talk about before. Before you're 16 years old, or you have any of a number of diseases that will kill you, who is providing these diseases? God. There'd be no diseases if God didn't want diseases. Are you hearing me? Now you said there'd be no age if God didn't want it. There were some men, they went into a laboratory and they experimented and they came up with this germ. Yeah, but God gave man the intellect to go into the laboratory, and God made those types of germs that could come together and be that deadly, and designated the time for it. You know how I know that? I know that because you believe, believe in this Bible, and this Bible says, according to belief, that the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were homosexuals, and they didn't die of AIDS. Accidentally or deliberately introduced into the world's population. AIDS is not a homosexual disease. AIDS is not a venereal disease. AIDS did not originate from the green monkey. AIDS is not prevented by the use of condoms. And AIDS is not likely to ever be cured by a vaccine. Yo,
Now people came back from desert storms and they're complaining because of germ warfare. So please listen to me. So you're telling me God used bombs like in Hiroshima and Nagasaki a long time ago, and now God uses AIDS during warfare like they did in Gulf Street. Don't you see that some man goes in and he has God stepping down through empty with him? <laughs> and he has, he has modernized God's judgment up to the level of his. And he can't even take God beyond his level because it ain't God right here. And if it was, you'd be able to go into this book and find something in here, all the Quran, the Bible, all the Quran, that is non-earthly. It would be a cue to you that this is from somewhere else. But you can't tell me anything in these books that are not related to earth. Now, when they tell you and me about, this, 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 is, not, this is not really funny, but hell, Betty Shabazz already had hell. Now, if she was a wicked woman, what would she be getting to if she got burned to death already on this side of things? You hear me? What would be her judgment? Would God have to come up with a new system, a new kind of fire? But in here, fire is described as sulfur. Fire and brimstone. Going to Greek and research. This is from somewhere else. But you can't tell me anything in these books that are not related to earth. Now when they tell you and me about this, this, this is not this is not really funny. But hell, Betty Shabazz already had hell. Now if she was a wicked woman, what would she be getting being she got burnt to death already on this side of things? You hear me? What would be her judgment? Would God have to come up with a new system, a new kind of fire? But in here, fire is described as sulfur, fire and brimstone. Going to the Greek and research, it uses the element of the panic. And all of us are familiar with fire in its many forms. Right? Right. And oxygen is needed to keep it burning. God speaks about rivers in heaven. Tides and oxygen is in heaven. The tree in the garden. It had to grow before Adam made it. Now, did God come down with an angel and plant a full grown tree in the garden for the sole purpose of tempting Adam and Eve? Or did they plant seeds in the garden and wait for it to grow? God came down to earth where there was a garden no tree. He plants a tree, nurtures a tree of good and let it grow and then send some innocent children he created who he knows are nothing inside their head. And let them walk up in the tree. And a snake, who we obviously created, because he created, he had the same rainbow like this, who was the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. First of all, take my beast of the field. But anyway, let's just keep going on. The snake is around the tree waiting. Here comes the young Eve, who are the women, she was 
chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, wait, I'm going to read Genesis 24. Boy, am I running. <laughs> now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Not to eat. And there's a difference in there. So this being was cunning as a subtle being. Manipulative, conniving, true. Right? And then I sent a little innocent girl. Because I'm assuming being Adam Eve was just born. Unless we cue it on the eight. If I'm saying being Adam and Eve was just born, they were coming to the garden with a big tiger arm.
Jesus did not want to die. Which means the whole story of Jesus being born and knowing he was going to die was a lie. Because if Jesus was born the Son of God and knew he was born to die, he would not have said, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He would not have ran when they were trying to catch him. Your father, if he knew this from birth, why was he afraid? What do you mean by father forgive them? For they know not what they do. If God's plan was for his son to come down and die for our sins, his son would have been a willing sacrifice, something they stole out of Abraham's story in Isaac. But his son Jesus, if you read the Bible, did not want to die. Like the Pope. <laughs> now, why Jesus didn't want to go back this far? They said he found the garden and he sweated blood. Homeworld was really gone. <laughs> I want to see one of y'all people there bend down and pray and sweat the blood. You know how hard homeworld had to pray Sit down forever and you ask 
absolutely nothing. I don't want a couch with rivers flowing beneath it, with angels running around feeding me. I don't want to do that forever. I'd rather struggle on, on earth trying to get a job than to sit in a tree in a playground and do nothing but look at flowers all day. You can do that in the same time. And never have ever seen on earth to the heaven in the same time. Where a bunch of people are sitting around in the day room with clean clothes and nothing to do. <laughs> promising you when you die, you are going from insanity into insane asylum where God will be with you. And that makes it okay. <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's why I sit back and I look at this and say, well, let me go on and talk about this. And the reverend can defend himself. I'm with him. If he can't get mad, he just has to scratch his hands and get glad. <laughs> I want to know who you are. I wouldn't be questioning God. 
morning, Pastor. Yes. Yeah. coal and earth to crush down and become diamonds. But the Bible talks about the diamonds of God. It talks about gold in Genesis. But the Christian will tell you that the Bible is not more than 6,000 years old. Stretching it in Islam to 10. But it takes millions of years for mother nature to make gold. So how is it in Genesis that the gold of the land of Ethiopia is good and man wasn't even on a planet of hot wheat in Genesis? <laughs> the planet must have existed millions of years before Adam and Eve in order for God to say the gold of that land is good. There must have been people on the planet Earth in order for Cain to find some white. There must have been evil people before Adam and Eve and the serpent, if Cain was afraid of somebody killing them who God didn't know. God's information was limited. God didn't even know those people. And the Bible says there were giants in Genesis chapter 6. There were giants in the earth in those days. Who gave the giants? Because if Adam and Eve were not the giants, and they were created in the image and after the likeness of God, then the giants were created in God. That means the giants were the one who was not God. <laughs> this Bible says the people on the planet with six fingers tall, Goliath is Six fingers in hold. And a man who would have paid him to God, please hold up the right hand instead. And shout, how many things do you think? If I kick off this funky boot, you see how many toes. Now, the man is in the image, not the likeness of God. And most of the men I see have what? And most of the women I see have And the women they're always coming with their toes, so they're not always coming. <laughs> Every now and then they get a sick cold and lean over too far. That'll come to you a little bit. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, the people don't understand what I'm they don't want to explain what I'm Scientific and law. Then I want to know what man who did not know science was this crap or something. 
Uh-huh. It's not a genetic fact any longer. Now what? But brethren say you just got to believe. <laughs> believe and believe how God saves you. Now go to verse 2. That son, that the son of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fit, and they took them wise of all which they chose. Men were daughters, they multiplied and had daughters, and now sons of God took his daughters. I don't see them back in Genesis anywhere. Oh, I think I do. I think I see it. I think these sons of God might be called terrorists. And so sons of God might be called us. Now men have become like one of us, you know, good from evil. I think these sons of God must be evil beings that were giants that were on earth before man. I think that damn serpent belong to that group of people who lean on that tree, who was the giant of terrorism, and had the power to go against God. We have power to resist the orders and commandments of God. I think I found the <laughs> We have power to resist the orders and commandments of God. I think I found the brethren. <laughs> نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that he is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universe. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujaddid, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. 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 Radio.